the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Right Makes Might. The intersection of our faith and the world is a battlefield strewn with debris of a fallen world. It challenges even the hardiest souls. And yet, this intersection is the context of our faith. As courageous Christian warriors, we must navigate this difficult terrain in our personal walk and as we seek to bring Christ to those who are lost and struggling. As a colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves with numerous combat deployments, Richard Mendelow has walked dangerous ground in peacetime and in war. Join us for the next 30 minutes as he and his guests shed light on this critical intersection on spiritual combat and on the rules of engagement for courageous Christianity. And here's your host, Richard Mendelow. Friends, welcome and thank you for joining us. This is a special weekend as tomorrow we celebrate Father's Day. I'm not a fan of most Hallmark holidays, but I do love Father's Day because as we honor fathers and men, so we honor God. And I feel the same way about Mother's Day. As always, I'm joined by and so grateful for Christy Stratton, my courageous wingman. Good morning, Richard. Good morning, everyone. Friends, last week we talked about courage, and I asked in the show opener, given the current state of social, political, and spiritual unrest in this nation, what could be more important to talk about than courage? Well, the answer to that question is men acting like Jesus would have them act and setting the example for their sons, their families, and their communities is more important to talk about than courage. And I feel this way because when a man submits himself to Jesus in faith, he models spiritual courage. And when he lives according to his faith, he models moral courage. And as we know, actions speak louder than words. So today on Courageous Christianity, we're going to honor fathers as we talk about men, fatherhood, and brotherhood. Before we begin today's conversation, I must remind you that as a colonel still serving in the Marine Corps Reserves, I have to preface my comments by saying that these are my personal views and they do not necessarily represent the Department of Defense or the Department of the Navy. Please pray with us. Heavenly Father, in your unconditional love and faithfulness, you show us each day what a father should be. You are patient, forgiving, and kind always offering us the benefit of the doubt in the opportunity that we have to come to you in the name of your Son, to repent for our sins, to be restored in our inheritance, and to glorify your name in all we do. Help us, O Lord, to emulate your love as men, fathers, sons, and brothers. Help us to live in trusted partnership with the women in our lives so that together we may honor you. And help us, dear Lord, to forge strong families as we stand in faith in a world torn by the devil's schemes. We bring our prayers to you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Christy, Father's Day. Yeah. Difficult time for those of us who have lost our fathers. 
can be a difficult day, yes. And what do you think about it at a time like this? Um, you know, now eight years after losing my father, I, I think more about the great things he brought to my life. I would say closer to the date of his death, I probably thought more about me and the pain and the anguish I was going through. But now I really think about him um, in his glory when he lived and, and now as he is in heaven. Amazing the power of fathers. I used to get anxious when I was a little kid when the sun would go down toward dusk and we'd be on a car trip and I would say, do we have enough gas and are we okay? And he would hear the anxiety in my voice and he would always say the same thing. He'd say, we have a tank full of gas and I have money and credit cards. And when I was well grown up, I was leaving San Diego once to fly out to the aircraft carrier, which was in the Pacific, and the sun was setting. And I had that fleeting feeling of anxiety. I can imagine. (laughs) And I remember hearing my father's words. I looked down at the gas gauges on my jet, and I heard my father's words. We have a tank full of gas, and I have money and credit cards. I'm wondering what you need money and credit cards as you're flying a jet. You uh, really don't. Um, (laughs) But I heard my father's words, and I I hear his voice, and... uh, May he rest in peace. God bless him. He was an amazing father. At a time like this, I think about the fifth commandment. Uh, Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. And it's the only commandment with a promise. And I've always thought of it as amazing, kind of as a link to God, because if you look at commandments 10 through 5, they're all about the world. So the fifth commandment is honor your father and your mother. Thou shalt not murder. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. All of that's about the world. And I've always thought, okay, my first experience really here is through my parents. And then it's based on my experience through my parents that I come to the first four commandments, which are all about God and heaven, honor, uh, no other gods, no graven images, uh, don't take the Lord's name in vain, and keep the Sabbath holy. Right. And so it's just amazing the power that we have as fathers. And at this time, as I think about that, and I think about the commandments, I think about God's plan for families. Right. So a man's greatest need is for honor. A woman's greatest need is for security. As a man provides security for their families, they're honored. And as they are honored, they strive to provide for their families. And it's a beautiful plan. And, uh, I've always been amazed at the fact that Genesis chapter 1, God creates the world. Genesis chapter 2, he creates man, woman, and marriage, and thus family. Mm -hmm. And in Genesis chapter 3, the devil begins his attack, Mm. which is still ongoing today. (laughs) Yeah, a little bit. Well, you can see it all around you. You absolutely can. If there's one thing we need, it's strong fathers, strong men, and strong leadership And so given God's perfect plan, it's not surprising that the devil has attacked the reverence we should have for men and fathers through a culture which seeks to demean and demonize any masculine virtue. And as a result of these attacks, we have a fatherless, leaderless society, and we've lost our way. Yeah, I would agree. Is that harsh? No, it's real. (laughs) So it makes perfect sense to me, if that's the case, 
God's first act is to create family and create a male to make that family happen. Then as we seek to be restored, to fix the problems, have God's kingdom on earth, seek after Jesus, anything good, our first step is to turn back to God, our heavenly father. And then when we submit to him in faith as men, with the courage to stand against what popular culture says, we can become men who are worthy of honor and leadership. And as we act more like God intended, then society will honor that and restoration will begin. Absolutely. I think, you know, I I guess there's just so much out there in the world and you can get, you know, if you allow it, you can get confused. And I say that lightly. But I, and because of that, I like to kind of boil things down to the simple. I mean, it's it's all right there in the Bible as to how we are to respect and honor men, um, and and the plan. I mean, you said it in the Ten Commandments, God's God plan. and then God's plan. That's where we've gone wrong. So it's really not that confusing. It's quite very simple if we turn back to the Bible. I agree with you, and. Uh a passage that resonates strongly with me. I have a very high standard for men to be men. Uh, I've worked with Marines my whole life, leaders, strong men, and I, I hold men to a very high standards. And I love Ephesians chapter five, verses 25 through 33, because I think it says it well. It's an entire paragraph, which tells men how they should act. Husbands love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And it, goes on at length, and I'm talking at least 15 lines, and the last seven words have guidance for women, and it says, and the wife must respect her husband. That's it. So when we talk about this, the responsibility of men to stand up uh, in faith as a submitted uh, Christian, to to lead, to be respectable so that you'll be respected, to uh, be honorable so that you'll be honored. Uh, the standards are so high, and society has lowered the bar tremendously, and then people are economical. We lower ourselves to the bar. Right. And it's it's not something we have to tolerate. And there's a story in the Bible that is so powerful to me in this regard— it comes from Second Kings chapter 23, and it's a story about King Josiah. So this is about 640 B.C. Um, Israel is divided into two kingdoms, a kingdom in the north and a kingdom in the south. The kingdom in the north is called Israel. The kingdom in the south is called Judah. They're ruled by different kings. And the king who came before Josiah was evil, and the king who came after him was evil. And Israel, God's chosen people, the entire Uh, culture is sliding toward idolatry. And King Josiah became king when he was eight, and 18 years later, he's 26, and he decides they're going to remodel the temple. And in their remodeling efforts, they find a book of the law which had been lost. And they bring it immediately to King Josiah and read it to him, and he tears his clothes, which is a symbol of repentance, and he's absolutely upset inconsolable. He prays. He says, the first thing we must do is pray to God. And uh, so they do that. And then he leads his kingdom. They read the book to all the people. 
And then they realize, well, all of this idolatry, the Ashra poles, the altars to Baal, and all of these other idols have to be destroyed. So his desire is to rid the kingdom of all of this evil and these idols. And while they're doing that, they find uh, the bones of a prophet and they carefully uh, protect those because he wants to get rid of what's evil, protect what's good. And then after they've done that important work, they celebrate Passover as it hasn't been celebrated for a long time. To me, this is such an amazing story because it is the model for restoration. First, we turn to God. We read his word. We rid ourselves of evil. We honor what is good. And we give thanks and we celebrate because in Christ, we don't have to run around feeling like bad people. We lose our power if we just feel bad about ourselves. Right? Yeah, and that's that's what I think so much of the world has heard, that it's about being bad. But really, it's about being good in God's eyes. We, we and are having beautiful. having potential. You said Absolutely. something amazing. Uh, what was it you said that current culture just wants us to feel small? Yet we have to be small so others will feel big. Yeah. How broken is that? Because then nobody's leading. And what I learned from the Marines and what I, uh, I love in King Josiah's story and throughout the Bible is is the story of strong leadership. Yeah. God's leadership, Moses' leadership, Joshua's leadership. And so this idea that I should feel bad to stand to up <laughs> and have a voice <laughs> right. and Absolutely. want to do what's right. Because uh, if others don't want to hear that, it's on them. Right. So unspoken in all of this is the need for strong leadership, and men are God's plan for that leadership. Absolutely. Men submitted in faith to their Lord and Savior, who are honest, who read God's word, and who act on it, and who work to rid themselves of evil and do the right thing. And then they seek to lead others into righteousness, and then they celebrate God, as Josiah demonstrated. So I'm sure the world wants to attack all these sentiments because the very second you extol the virtues of a Christian man submitted to God and all the good that he can do, the world gets nervous because it's not what they want to see happen. The devil's in, in the process of attacking God's kingdom. It's absolutely. It's, it's interesting. Um, some time ago you shared with me, you came over and you knelt by me and read this. You showed me in the Bible. And I, I think I... I had a reverence. I've always had a reverence for men um, because my the way that my father showed up. And um, I feel for men that they have a hard time leading. There's so much uh, on their shoulders. Um, and at the same time, I see what goes on in women's conversation. And, you know, when you showed me this scripture, and if you look, Ephesians 4, um, five, you referenced it earlier, but even before th- Ephesians five thirty three, all of that five twenty nine through five down to five thirty three is about as you were referencing earlier what a man what a man is to do is responsible for is responsible for and 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 that's so important and all a woman and it says I want to make sure I say this specifically the wife must respect her husband and. Men deserve respect, and they would be so much more them. And it's it's a soapbox thing for me, because they would be be able to be so much more their role themselves if we women would understand this. Yeah, you can't demean someone to greatness. <laughs> oh, so, that's a good statement. That's 
Absolutely true. You lift people up and they're a better version of themselves. Right. You ask me to be more. You tell me I have that potential. I'm going to strive to be more. And then guess what? We're humans, so we're going to fall down. We're going to have a bad day. And you treat the person, like I've said to you before in conversation, you treat the person as a good Good man man. who's having a bad Bad day day. as opposed to a bad man who fakes his good days. And in that potential where we lift each other up, we lift each other up and we'll all be more tomorrow. I've said this many times through different leaders within my life, whether men or women, but when they believe in me, their belief in me makes me want to show up as a better me. Right. It just completely, it's almost indescribable how empowering that is. Well, uh, when we talk about courage, I mentioned that you're, I think you're courageous. This is honest truth. When I talk about courage, one of the first visions that I have is a single mother. Mm, yeah. I, I just, it always is. I, I so deeply admire that. I yeah. think this is also going to sound bizarre. I think about Ben Carson's mother. In 2016, I was invited on a cruise that Dr. Carson was on. And I met Dr. Carson and his lovely wife, Candy. And what an amazing man, ra- raised by a single mother. Mm. So the absolute definition of courage. Yeah. And but it's no small job. <laughs> and it's no small job. There's, there's no taking away from that. And something that we don't have to do as a society is to give to you. I don't have to take away from me. And this is a very important point because those amazing single mothers who are raising those children. It doesn't make me less to, to be amazed by them and nor does it take away from the one to give to the other. So if we lift each other up, we're all the better for it. It gives to all more. Right. Absolutely. And so if you turn on the news and, or Mm. what we call the news today and you see these scenes that you see, you wonder where was the father in that house? Right. Now, maybe he was absent because a lot of homes have absent fathers. Maybe he was working. And I wonder if the messaging that we have for men, you got to work harder, you got to make more money, you got to have a bigger house, you got to have a newer car. All these things are idols. And as the men are chasing after those idols, then we're falling short as a society, a fatherless society. And, you know, I'm pretty rough when it comes to a man doing what he's supposed to do because it's kind of like a Marine. I don't want to hear a bunch of excuses. You're, I don't want to hear complaining. I don't right. want to hear explaining. I just want you to do your job. Yeah. And so I'll do my job better if you think I'm more capable. Right. We, I say this often. Two is better than one. Two, Two is better, better than, than one. one. Two I are don't know better if it's than one. is or are. but <laughs> um, Either way, it's in the Bible and it's very good. Two are better than one. If one falls down, the other can lift him up. So on this weekend where we're looking at fatherhood and the amazing opportunity given to us by God, ordained in his highest plans, immediately attacked by the devil, which shows you how important it is. Right. Oh, yeah. I just want to say, as I hear the voice of my father, wherever I go in this world, in all the good that I can do, you said your father showed up, and that's just the expression Christy uses when she says show up, she means presents well. Not that one day her father showed up. Um, (laughs) I wish he would. (laughs) Right. But so, man, (laughs) uh, 
We've got an entire paragraph of things to do in Ephesians chapter 5, and there's seven words for the ladies in our life, and that says a wife must respect her husband. And that's the truth, and that brings us to the moment of truth. In every show, we have a moment of truth where we look at Scripture, which informs our discussion. And we do this to remind ourselves that God's Word is our first refuge, and that it's relevant, and that it never fails. Our moment of truth today comes from Psalm 37, verse 4. Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. The devil's plan is to destroy God's kingdom. Family is the building block of God's kingdom, and fathers are the foundation of family. Not surprisingly, the devil has declared war on men, on fathers, on anything masculine, and by doing so, on family. So men, fathers, brothers, we can't help the devil in his schemes. We can't allow him to make idols of politics, the news, money, stock market, sports, Facebook, or anything else. We can address them in our lives. We can deal with them as is fitting, but we can't allow them to become the desires of our hearts. They're idols, and we need to shun idols. We need to keep the main thing the main thing by reading our Bibles and asking, what kind of man was Jesus, and then focusing on being like him. We will be attacked in popular culture, in TV commercials which pander to the masses, and by special interests, but that should be expected. Pray and ask God for help. Surround yourself with Christian men who lift you up. Shun men who trip you up. Know that the devil will target your weakness and ask Jesus to protect you. Stand firm in your faith, and if you fall down, get back up. A man is measured not by his failures, but by the number of times he gets back up. If we want respect, we must be respectable. My son made fun of me recently for putting cream in my coffee, and I told him that real (laughs) men don't care how people think they should drink their coffee. It reminded me of the expression, you can tell the size of a man by the size of the things that bother him. Don't listen to the world. Step into vulnerability and worry about what God thinks. Do the next right thing like King Josiah did when he discovered that he was living a life of idol worship. And it's a brilliant story. And it brings us to the quote of the day, which has been attributed to Aristotle, but it's actually initially said by Will Durant, an American writer who first wrote the phrase in a small book entitled The Story of Philosophy. He said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence, then, is not an act, but a habit. If you read your Bible, kneel before your Father in heaven and submit yourself to Jesus each day, that will become a habit, and you will become a man after God's own heart. And that is courageous Christianity. So friends, as we wrap up today, please bow your heads with me, unless you're driving, and let us say a short prayer together for fathers, men, and leaders. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity and the responsibility that we have as fathers, as husbands, as sons, as brothers, and as men in this broken world. In these efforts, Lord, we ask you to guide us and to keep us strong. Help us to submit to you in all things. Help us to be leaders, encouragers, and protectors. And help us to stand against the devil's schemes. At this critical time, Lord, we beseech your blessing on fathers and all men who strive to lead in faith. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. So friends, uh, an amazing opportunity that we have anytime we stand up for God 
We shouldn't expect applause. Wherever we are, we have a tiny kingdom. Like King Josiah. If your kingdom is an apartment and a pickup truck, then that's your kingdom. And you can rule your kingdom as Jesus would have you do. If it's a family, if it's a big home, if it's a company, if it's a job, whatever it is, whatever your kingdom looks like, you're expected to step into leadership, to turn your face to God, to ask him how you should conduct yourself, and to bring that to our world, which is very much in need. What an opportunity. It's an amazing opportunity. Uh, Every day we have a new chance. Uh, It doesn't matter what the world did yesterday, and it doesn't matter what the world does tomorrow. But right now, me and my tiny little world, I'm going to do as Jesus would have me do. And that's courageous. And that's courageous. Friends, should you want to reach us, we can be contacted at CourageousChristianity at gmail.com or 281-656-1833. Thanks for joining Christy and me today. We are honored to walk with you in Christ. God bless and Semper Fi.